0: Uh, camera speed, sound speeds. All right. This is the deuce rethread. Welcome back. My name is Mike. My name is Jason. Jason Bailey. How are you doing, buddy?
1: Yeah, sing it. I legit want to know. This is, uh, 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 perhaps this will be a listener question. Why you went with move on up? Which is the 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 song on the trailer, right? As opposed to the Mayfield song at the beginning of the show,
0: because when I put it together, I didn't have I we didn't all we'd seen was the trailer. Ah, had, so so, so
1: that, that that pre that first pre episode mm-hmm. that was like a decision you had to make then and go with. <laughs> The entire run, there was no, there was no going back. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, Dude, I'm not judging it. either way. I'm just, this helps to understand the thought process. All right, it's Ooh. that's what we're, that's what the music is gonna be. And fuck you for not letting me know. <laughs> Welcome to the Deuce
0: Rethread episode seven, which will be the first episode with new themes. Music no, at no,
1: because no. <laughs> I sang it at the beginning. Now I'm gonna sound. Oh, now I understand.
0: This is a this is a solid point. This is one of the things that happens when you try to get the jump on things. It happens. Right? You don't know how things are going to work you out. don't
1: know. Yeah, all right. Yeah. This is a good point it's fine look i'm never gonna turn down an opportunity to hear move on up either right like it's not it's not like you got stuck with a fucking justin bieber song as our <laughs> as our intro music like move on up is solid I, i've
0: considered just uh running selections from texas thunder soul under our entire <laughs> under the whole That's time legitimate. we're talking That's but you have actually walked away from that idea uh this is we just watched season one episode seven of the deuce All reservoir is our the title
1: <laughs> it's always fun because you don't pay attention to the title so i get to spring it on you here and, and get a, a legitimate laugh out of it yeah
0: that was and and it didn't uh that's one of those like uh there was an episode of boardwalk empire called bone, bone fortuna uh-huh right and okay. it was a it was it was the Irish Nucky character <laughs> misunderstanding the Italian phrase. Yeah. Buona fortuna," right? Like, yeah. good, I don't know if I, my accent is shit, but it means good fortune, good, right? Right. Okay, so nice. here we have Ralph Macchio <laughs> fucking up a French word, yeah. which I totally believe Ralph Macchio can't speak French. Entirely.
1: Uh, story for this episode by uh, one Mr. David Simon and Megan Abbott. Tele- okay. teleplay credited solo to Ms. Abbott. Uh, and Ab- this is interesting. Um, you remember back on episode four, we talked about how we had a uh, an episode credit uh, screen, uh, teleplay credit to Lisa Lutz. Right. Who is not a television writer, who's a crime novelist. Um, uh, who we assumed had probably been brought into the fold by Pelicanos and or Richard Price. Uh, Megan Abbott, this is her first screen credit of any kind film or television but she too is a crime novelist uh she won the edgar award um she uh according to her wikipedia page her novels and short stories have drawn from and reworked classic subgenres of crime writing with a female twist okay so again uh in sort of going outside the very male dominant world of television writing And not just going into the world of crime fiction writing, which is also very male-dominated. Right. We see that clearly an effort was made to get female crime fiction writers into this writer's room, which is interesting. Yep. Uh, This episode directed, uh, again, by one James Franco. You know who he is. That's right. Okay, I just I, I didn't mean to say one James Franco in the way that there are two on the show, but right. Mr. Franco uh, directed uh, an, an episode earlier in the run and and uh, helmed this episode. As Wait, well.
0: was it Vinny or Frankie? Vinny directed the episode earlier right. in the season. Frankie, I think directed this one. Right. Got it, got it, got it, got it. This uh, was uh, this was really interesting. There were actually some things we talked about last time that came up very specifically this time i like that that's happening occasionally. most yeah. most the one that's standing out to me is the the conversation with the pimps in the diner mm. talking about there's pussy on one end and money on the other but when it comes to this whole Dealing massage with... parlor business when it comes to the movie business yeah where's the pimp
1: we've become extraneous in this whole situation I did also like the notion that they were one of the ways they were sort of biding their newfound free time was in catching matinees of Fantasia, which would have been in its (laughs) like in one of its uh, stoner re releases around this time. (laughs) Yeah, so that came up specifically, as did um, a real fuck film that was being made with a 100K budget about a girl with a clitoris in her throat. There it is. Uh, Now, here's what's even better. That I looked it up and the, the movie that they were going to, the, the big movie premiere of, it's called Boys in the Sand. Yes. Turns out Boys in the Sand
0: was a real movie. Well, they had a, they sure did have a poster up there yeah. that, that was lauding it. Yeah. Or like a, a real, banner thing.
1: real, if you'll pardon the pun, seminal um, <laughs> gay porn feature that was re- premiered. I swear to God, I looked it up. December 29th 1971 man they
0: are really good they are
1: not gonna futz these fucking dates right right. uh premiered at the 55th street playhouse which was a big theater for for that sort of thing um but yeah it was the first really the first gay porn film to achieve any review to crossover success uh According to my research online here, it was in fact reviewed by Variety, which was mentioned in dialogue yep. in the film, produced on a budget of $8,000, three vignettes, uh, starred Casey Donovan and shot at Fire Island. Um, okay. So yeah, it was a big deal. and uh, Sword and Sandals movie. <laughs> yeah. Kind <laughs> of. The, one of the earliest porn films uh, to gain mainstream credibility preceding 1972's Deep Throat by nearly a year.
0: Pink swords and flip-flop sandals, but nonetheless.
1: <laughs> right. Um, also, I just one thing that I pointed out when we were watching it, it's just like, oh, right, smoking in the movie theater. That was yeah. probably a thing till more recently than we would think. Yeah. Um,
0: now we've seen uh, the bar, the gentleman who works at the bar. Paul. Now we've seen his dick. Yeah. Fake, but you know what I mean? We've yep. seen his dick. We've seen him get his dick sucked in the theater, and yep. now we've seen some like serious face-to-face... Like cream pie boy love. Yeah. Like I feel like this is, like you know, in Game of Thrones. There was like Renly would kiss his his boyfriend every now and then, but like this is straight level graphic.
1: Yeah, man, man on man action on on HBO.
0: And it is it is as graphic as you see straight sex, yep. and even as you've seen lesbian sex on uh, what was the Showtime?
1: Uh, uh, the L word, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: But. Sure. I mean, I know there's there's been lots looking, of prominent gay characters. Well, but Looking
1: like, was an HBO show that was yeah. on for a couple of years. Um, I'm not sure how I think it got. I think he got pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty graphic, yeah, right. Um, but again, but you know, that was a show also that was very much marketed towards a gay right. audience, right? Right. You know, right. you didn't watch Looking not knowing what you were in for. It seems fair to assume that a portion of the audience that's going to watch this show is not going to expect this sort of uh uh candid, explicit gay content. So good for the show for, for subjecting them to so that. welcome to 2017. Fuck us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it was also,
0: you know, this is another one of those things where we see we are in his mind. We have a sense of what's happening with his character. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, the guy asks where the boyfriend is at. He says he's out of town, but we're also open about this. Like right. we see all of that stuff going on. And one of the things that we see, which is something that like you know, this is the fourth level representation conversation, right? <laughs> is don't just like give me representation, but let me see myself being represented in, in the best light, mm-hmm. living my best life. Right? right. And we they seem to have a really nice night. Yeah. They didn't get arrested. Nobody fucked with them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So they got to have. Right. That celebratory moment
1: mm-hmm. that you would think is probably more common now. Yeah. You would hope is more. You would hope is more common. You would hope now. More common now. Right. The other thing that we referenced last time that 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 uh, appeared much more subtly um, was uh, when Candy is leaving the shoot, mm-hmm. and she's and she sort of saved the thing by stepping in and shadow directing. This sex and scene and producing, also, yeah, yes, art, designing, art designing, feeding the people, and yep. then, like, yeah, like you know, shared some trade secrets <laughs> with Lori, which I love because, like, you've been in the trade two months, right? I love it <laughs> now. You're in because that's how long it takes to be an expert, really, on almost anything. But as she's on the way out, um, and he asks her, How did you end up in the life, and suggests. And again, like, this is why I was hesitant to even, you know, sort of say it when we had this conversation last week. Uh, Daddy stuff, he asked, if it's daddy stuff. And she says, and this is, tell I wrote it down to make sure I got it right. Because, man, we're fucking, this is like detective work now. (laughs) Not in the way you mean. You're thinking like a fucking degenerate. And he says, I am a degenerate. And then she can slide right out of that conversation. Right. She gets to make a joke, and he gets to make a joke back, and she doesn't have to explain what that means. Right. When are we going to find out what that means? When are we going to find out what that thing is? Is this going to be, uh, you know, we got one episode left. Is this going to carry over?
0: I don't I don't need it to wrap up this no, season. No, me neither. I'm like, just curious. You know, I think it would be fine for me if it goes to next season. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I think we, when it comes up in back-to-back episodes, you start to feel like you kind of have to, yeah. and, right? To yeah. come out with it at some point. You know, so you'd like to think that it's come going to come out more. Yeah. But the other thing was, um, you know, I didn't really think about this when I saw it or when we talked about it, but the way she ran out of the house barefoot, mm-hmm. gathered her shit and ran. Yeah. Did not suggest uh, the threat of molestation or the threat of like, mm-hmm. you know, bad conversations about, you know, something that happened when she was. Mm-hmm. A teenager that shouldn't have mm. a, That suggested to me much more A threat, of physical, threat of physical violence, violence. Yeah, yeah. You yeah know, I can see that um, Which, you know, may be wrong But, hmm. you know, I don't know And I think that that's a lot of times The, you know, a lot of times I think where the daddy issue thing goes right. Is this idea that you were initiated Into sex, mm-hmm. you know, in too a very Taboo and, way right, right, right. And much too early And yeah. so you're kind of able to disassociate Sure your literal physical genitals from right your mental space or your activity or whatever Mm -hmm. and so that's i think the this the suggestion sure and it seemed like maybe that's what she was talking about sure you know um Hmm. and just the way he played the like well i'm a degenerate and like kind of let it go yeah is also a way of of caring for her. Absolutely. In a way, right? Like he's asking the question mm-hmm. that he doesn't need to be asking in the first fucking place, Right. right? But then he's not going to press her on it. No.
1: If she's not going to be forthcoming.
0: Now, this is also no, not the necessary. This is the first time that he said it that way, mm-hmm. but not necessarily the first time that he's tried to kind of get into her life a little bit, or I don't know. right?
1: Like, it's tricky. It's a tricky dynamic because they, they have that, it's, I almost said that it, that it comes up explicitly, but it actually doesn't because they talk in coded language. But when he came up to her, into her apartment in the previous episode, like he said, I can't remember the exact interchange now, I didn't write it down, but basically said, I'm not here for that or whatever. Mm, like mm-hmm. th- th- made it clear that he was not, he did not come up to try to fuck her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And so, but he clearly feels affection towards her mm-hmm. and protective in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and wishes he could do more for her and it's like, okay, but you know, these, is that a sort of fungible sort of like, is that going to morph into feeling something more than that at some point? I don't know. I, you know, what I'm also waiting for
0: is the moment when he starts to feel like she owes him something. Yeah. When he starts to turn into. Not yeah. the pimp character exactly, but he starts to take on elements of the pimp character, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I don't want him to do no. that. No, but I keep waiting for that to happen. It's in the realm, and this is the first man that she's really counted on. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? She yeah. needs him because he owns the gear. Yeah, and she doesn't own the gear. Yeah, like it. I mean in. Simple filmmaker terms. Yeah. Right? Like, he owns the gear. At a point when
1: when gear was much harder to come by than it is today.
0: And was also a much more, like, technical-specific skill. You really had to know how to do all of this shit. It's not something where you're just like, oh, it's the red circle on my phone. Bleep. And now you're recording, you Mm -hmm. know? And so he has access to that gear. He has access to those technicians. And she legitimately can't do all of that on her own. So she does kind of need him in Well, not kind of. She does need him <laughs> yeah. in a way that she has not needed a man in this show yet. Yeah. I just am... Hopefully... I don't know. I'm just still, like, sad little naive Mike. Like, they're, they're <laughs> going to be friends, you yeah. know? And I, But I don't think that's completely ridiculous by the way he's reacted to her, by the way he's treated her, by the way he has interacted with her so sure. far. Sure. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you look skeptical as a m- <laughs> No, I I want to assume the best. I really do. I want to assume the best. I think one thing that I thought was really fascinating about Candy in this episode was how. And again, it's the thing we've talked about it before of like of like turning the sort of obvious twist around on you. Mm-hmm. And so we think we know where it's going. Where we we put together that Alex, the connection, the female pimp mm-hmm. that Harvey hooked her up with has clearly set her up with like some, some high quality work. And, you know, we see her and she's like dressed nice and she's going to a real hotel and like there's, there's going to be drinks and dinner beforehand. And so, uh, you know, that's a new experience, uh, or a new part of the experience to her. And she clearly won't be up, you know, it'll be operating on like a quality versus quantity sort of model in terms of the amount of money that she can make. And so we're like, oh, well, you know, maybe she'll figure out a way to make this work. Mm-hmm, and then, you know, we go to then it turns out that's the only part of the experience that improves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's there's this it's this horrible sexual encounter and, you know, there's vomiting and and he's just as cold. I mean, her.
0: like what a wild.
1: Yeah. What a wild transition. Yeah. He comes and then pukes. Yeah. Like, and then dismisses her as summarily as any forty second Street John. Like, get out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like right. It's still this. It's still this thing that she doesn't want to do. Wow.
0: Right. And yeah. it just, you know, the way that it like I mean, what do you even do with the guy that's puking right after like yeah, I, what do you even do? I don't, I don't think with she that. wanted like, to stick around. I'm just to be like clear. sitting there watching yeah. it like Yeah. I don't even like I'm, I'm having, like, almost uh, involuntary reactions and, and don't know what my voluntary ones are supposed right. to be, you know?
1: Ugh, jeez. So, yeah. So, so, there's that element. Um, we've got the whole Ashley disappearing, just straight walking away from Cece as an objection initially to her to uh him lightening the workload for lori mm-hmm. even though initially she's not she doesn't look to have much of a future in film mm-hmm. um which is a nice transition on in this episode and oh my god the shot the tight close-up of her face when she in the machine. sees herself in the machine and like the light of the movie reflecting in her like that's
0: well and she also that was a very nice performance too mm-hmm. like you're watching she's yeah that was really good yeah you know
1: Um, but Ashley's pissed off because, uh, she's having to work and Lori isn't. And she just says, fuck this and walk away, walks away, which is like scary to begin with, but particularly scary considering the way the pilot episode ended. Right. Considering how we've seen CC treats her when he doesn't like how she acts. Right. Um, and so that's, that was sort of an interesting, just sort of undercurrent of tension throughout the episode was I think we were all sort of waiting for CC to find her. Yes, up until the last moment, like at the bus station, and he's the only one who's really
0: yeah. You said like kind or no? Was it Morgan? Yeah, yeah, I think I'm afraid he's going to be at the top yeah. of the stairs. Yeah, we're watching Which with my legitimate. wife, and she's yeah. going up the stairs, and it's like yeah. this guy is everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. And but he's the only one who we've really seen be violent, right? We saw uh, well this episode. Yes, <laughs> we saw a little some acting out. You yeah, know. yeah,
1: and some and some you know. Pulling of arms. Oh,
0: but right. She was fully black eyes Yeah, in this episode. Right. So, yeah.
1: Right. So, yeah. So, let's talk about her. Uh, Also, by the way, they
0: said very clearly Lori in this episode. And we didn't both fuck up this Gloria thing to begin with. That was her (laughs) name. And now she's going by Lori. Uh Like, I really feel like that. And, like, you know, whoever was typing up the IMDB page knew about that. Yeah. But I really think we... All right. are on fair ground with that okay. because i heard Lori today and i would not have mistaken that for gloria
1: okay all right um the uh the thing with leon uh i i one thing i had made a note of that i didn't make it to because it was just a random note in the last episode was how much i like and clearly i was being set up the idea of leon as the den mother <laughs> that he like that he likes these girls. He looks out for these girls. He slides them a little free food every once in a while, you know. But does but there's also a point that he comes up to where he doesn't get involved because he can't get involved. He right. feels clearly like this is a decision he made that like I can be you know a friendly face and I can be a cup of coffee and I can you know and I can be a sympathetic shoulder, but like I can't get involved in this mess because. I have a business to run here and so forth and so on. All the sort of justifications that people use to not involve themselves in violence around them.
0: Yep. Specifically domestic. Yeah. Which I, this is a f- form of.
1: Yeah. It's occupational,
0: but also yes. it has a domestic element.
1: And so, you know, when when we saw Leon first sort of get riled...
0: Mm-hmm. by Reggie
1: Love. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sort of the two-thirds mark of the episode. And both you and Morgan were like, oh, well, it's, you said, I, I think Tariq's all done. And, <laughs> and Morgan's like, yeah, she, he's going to whoop his ass. And I, and I um, not to be contrarian, but I was like, of course he's not. Right. Like, I uh, assumed that that was going to be the little mini tragedy was that he continu- He just looked away, even though this was clearly yes. a favorite that he was just going to have to look away. And that like that would sort of be the moment we landed on of him. And that
0: is a defining moment of his character. Absolutely. Yes.
1: Of this yes. tiny character yes. who's had how many lines right. in seven episodes. Right. But then he, the moment arrived and he did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong about that. Um, but that was and and, and like the surprise to me of that action was thrilling. Like, absolutely. I mean, it's a really well staged sequence, mm-hmm. um, but it's intense. And suddenly like this man is on the floor in a pool of blood.
0: Well, and it's also like you, you're not sure what's going on. And how long did the shot take where he pulls mm-hmm. out the gun? And, I mean, oh, ooh, is ooh. it two seconds? Yeah. If that of screen time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it is one of those, you know, yeah. And also, like, I mean, I just love Black Todd. Like, I just mm-hmm. just love him as a person and have yeah. for 20 years of my life now, sure. you know, and I'm always so happy to see him in things, yeah. you know, and I mean, he's playing the hell out of this, you yeah. know, like he's perfect for this whole thing. And, and I always have that, like, mm-hmm. it's hard not to wrap that up in it, yeah. you know, but really this, this scene, I think, as you're saying, is not about Reggie Love. Yeah. It's about... Leon, even though Reggie Love has definitely had more of a presence in this show. Yep. I say presence, necessarily, but more words. Mm, definitely more, more lines. Many, many, you many know. more. Yeah. And you just saw him do the whole you know interview thing yeah. with the reporter in the last episode and so on and so yeah. forth. But this was not about him. This was about... Because if you think about it now, Reggie Love is out of the show. Like, mm-hmm. does it really... It doesn't really matter. No. You know what I mean? Like, And
1: her reaction was... Complicated. <laughs> that was a complicated reaction to what had just transpired. That was not a, oh, my hero moment.
0: Yes. And it made it complicated for both of them. hmm Because, of course, I'm sure he would have liked to have had the hero moment. Yeah. But yeah. his, you know, then the phone call, too. Oh, my God. I mean, who did he call? Yeah. Was that like 911? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Come get him. Come get him. Oh, my God.
1: The thing that's great, too, though, about that whole sequence of events, you know, leading to that. Because you have not only what I've mentioned, this sort of, like, quiet background, literally background presence that Leon has been up Mm -hmm. until this point. But also, like, she was in trouble with Reggie Love because she couldn't go back to the massage parlor because her and the other girl had pulled this cash lift Mm -hmm. thing that we saw them do last episode unremarked. Right. But that's because, like... And we talked about this, but it's worth reiterating going into the last episode. How much of the... How much of this show are threads that stretch back episodes? Right. Like, you know, we push them in the parlor. We push them into the parlors. It's been the plan for a long time now. That's Austin. Mm -hmm. Talking about a thing that was... Episode three, right? When we saw Rudy go in to talk to that lawyer and stake out where these properties were going to be. Yep. Um, the girl who overdosed in this episode, we saw in the last episode, like zonked out in Leon's when Candy came in looking for the, the replacement, and
0: we the, saw her shooting up in 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 the, the high bathroom. hat bar. Yes. Right.
1: Right. The the you know the two girl cash lift thing that I mentioned all of everything is accumulating like no detail is just there for the sake of color and also,
0: like you mentioned, Leon being a background character, this isn't just happening for Franco. This isn't just happening for Gyllenhaal's character. Right. This is happening for yeah. the characters.
1: It's a large community. It's right. like an on, you know, it's an ensemble cast that's a large community of interacting people. And some we spend more time with than others, but they're all present. Right. You know, that right. was one thing that I I I didn't get to in the last episode, but that I loved that we had that little interaction. Between Paul and Abby at the bar, where they shared that, te- where he just poured out that tequila and they just had, you know, what two minute conversation. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've really seen uh, a private interaction between those two characters before. Mm-hmm. And a good show with a good ensemble reminds us that there are characters, there are, there are relationships happening everywhere, mm-hmm. even the ones that are not center center screen for lack of a Mm -hmm. center stage is what i was going to say but it's not on stage but you see what i'm saying the idea that there's a rich outer uh outer existence and inner life for every single character even the ones that we're only seeing over here on occasion who only have a line or two in an episode and
0: also even there are characters like abby is a significant character and paul is a significant character but and they work together, so they interact. But their storylines don't really right. have anything to do with each other, mm-hmm. right? They're they're really separate storylines. Yeah. But yet, their characters we know we know they work together. So it would seem kind of, of odd yeah. if they didn't at some point have a chit chat. Yep, you know right. So you use that also. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Good stuff, man. Yeah. Good stuff. And uh, so Abby puts on the uh, the hooker <laughs> dress. Yep. Uh Where's the sh- out of it and yep. goes to a party in Connecticut. Yep. Right? With her underdressed not actual boyfriend. To sh-
1: the the whole thing ever the whole purpose of everything she does is to shake up her folks, which she doesn't really do. That's true. Like that was the turn I liked in that scenario. That was the sort of like predictable thing we've seen before done a different way is that we didn't, you know, there were some of the sort of like shocked cutaways of, you know, like the Blue bloods. Well, I'll what, be. Yes. <laughs> right. but the fact that her father was like unfazed, uh, talked to Vincent for a while. Oh, great! She's working in the bar, and you're not. You didn't hire her to fuck her. Okay, good. Right. Um. Okay. Like the the idea, and it's but what they're doing there is not just putting a twist on a familiar situation, but um, filling in a lot of what we need to know about Abby in that scene. But the mm-hmm. fact that this is not surprising behavior from her, this is—they're used to her trying to shock them mm-hmm. by now. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would she have to do to shock them? Hmm. hmm. I haven't given up that she might Solid make her way question. into that. I don't know. I like—we were pretty sure in the first episode that she was—that she would make her way into uh, the industry, and that has seemed less and less likely. But I don't know. That's interesting you say that because I
0: have not questioned it at any point. Really? Yeah, I don't know that she's necessarily going to make you know a full time leap, but I mean, how? What else is she doing? She's something. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like this has to happen somehow. Interesting. And, you know, and I've kind of been looking for a way to justify it, and you just gave it to me. So now <laughs> I'm feeling much better about it. You're that. welcome. <laughs> I'm feeling much better about all, all of right. that now. That's great. Yeah. And then we see her try again to send somebody away. To save somebody. To save somebody. That's the way to say it. Sorry yes. about that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that is a much better way to say it. So this time, Ashley, real name. Dorothy or something? Something like that. Anyway, leaves Cece. Yep. And that's, you know, as we mentioned earlier, Cece's really the enforcer on this show. Yep. Realizes
1: that she's not going to go live happily ever after with Frankie. That was a fleeting thing. That's probably for the best that everyone realized that right away.
0: Definitely not going to go back to West Virginia because, as Cece said in an earlier episode, that's where she'll get butt-fucked by her father. Yeah. Uh, So that seems like a not good option. Yeah, so
1: she's going to go upstate.
0: To Lackawanna. Yeah. we got a like a, a like a Native American like rewritten <laughs> into English name pun that yeah. actually worked. Yeah, I mean that's hard writing right there. That that's is, complicated that shit. Is. Well done, Megan uh, Abbott. Well done. And then she goes to the top of the stairs, and it looks like she may go. Yeah, it's hard for me to believe she's really gonna go. Do you think she's really gonna go? I think. I think when you cut a character may. in the pilot. Yeah. They might leave by episode seven. They might seven. leave by episode that seven. That may and be what fact, that character's for. And
1: the fact that they brought Darlene back yes. makes it less likely that they would bring her back just in terms of mathematics of character arcs. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we might have seen the last of
0: her. Or if she does come back, it would be in some other capacity yeah. that we don't even know, because we can't even imagine yet, because right. there's no, like social workers on the deuce yep i don't know what it would be but yep. and and it seems like you don't really get anything out of having that happen with the Abby character twice right right like what do you get out of having right, that happen exactly. yeah, yeah yeah that you didn't get out of it the first time right i exactly. mean the point was made yep so okay very good. Well, I mean, this is episode seven. We only got one left.
1: Like, I know. what the fuck is gonna happen? It feels like what's there's a gonna lo- be finale. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like there's a lot to resolve in this last episode, unless they're not gonna resolve very much. Like, I don't know. You know, that's. Yeah. I mean, the thing the thing is, we've talked about the, you know, the comparison to the Wire, and the thing that the Wire did, um, though was. It, each of those seasons was pretty compact mm-hmm. and, and some
0: self-contained to a certain yeah, degree that
1: each of them sort of like tackled a particular topic, mm-hmm. uh, a, a particular very, uh, you know, a particular entry point into institutional institutions in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And by the end of that season had sort of told the story to be told about that institution. Um, Tremay was a little more free flowing Mm-hmm. but was also not, I don't think, I think it's safe to say not as nearly as plot heavy as this show is. Not that even it was close. Much more atmospheric mm-hmm. and character and driven. More character driven, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the first the the first uh, season of Treme, um, and by all means, if you've not watched the first episode of Treme, then fast forward for a couple of minutes because... I had it spoiled without a warning by listening to an unrelated oh, podcast. I wrote, I've never written an angry, not angry, but I've never written like a, a, a complaint email to a, a radio show or a podcast. And I wrote one to Fresh Air <laughs> because they had on Melissa Leo to promote the fighter. And so Treme came up and with no warning whatsoever, they started talking about spoiler warning. John Goodman's Suicide. Now, it had only been a couple of months since that show had been on the air. I was just waiting for the Blu-ray to watch it.
0: We're still spoiler warning you like four or five years later at this point because it's that good. And I
1: feel like if you're listening to the seventh episode of A Deuce Podcast, you probably (laughs) probably watched all the David Simon (laughs) shit. But, you know, that was a big uh, conclusion for that show's first season. You know That was a big plot thing to happen that... Realigned the rest of the series Right really. Right. Um, so I don't know are we going to see a kind of Big event like that in this last episode Are we going to just sort of see The rollover into 72 And, and Porno chic starting to happen Are we going to end with the premiere of Deep Throat Like I don't know Ooh. We'll have to see.
0: Right. that deep throat thing makes a lot of sense because it's like teeing up a lot more of the porn yeah. stuff to come. Yeah. Which makes a certain amount of sense. We'll see. Um yeah, but I mean I think we're going to have a lot of of loose ends left open. Yeah. Um and one thing in particular I'm interested to see what the if there's consequences for Leon Mm-hmm. Not with the police, but with his regular Clientel. customers. Yeah, right? the regulars. I mean, yeah, yeah. Right. So you know, I'm curious to see because, like, everybody, everybody there knows Reggie Love wasn't Robin fucking Leon. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody there knows yeah. that. So everybody there knows what's going to happen. It's going to get Reggie Love that upset. Yeah. With Leon. Yeah. Literally, come on. Yeah. Right. So I don't think it will be hard for people to figure out what happened. Yeah. So if you're already feeling uh, pushed out, irrelevant, you know, yeah. like it's time for you to be moving on. Yeah. And then you got the, the chef starting to murder your comrades. <laughs> you know. I'm interested to see. Yeah. And that's one of those things that like, again, like you said, background character. And like we're going into the season finale. And I'm like, I wonder what's going to yeah. happen to Leon, yeah, which is... T- So irrelevant to, you know, our like main characters and stuff like that, but doesn't feel less vital to me in this moment. What happens to, you know, to the Darlene character, you know, does not feel... I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. in, Mm -hmm. you know, like I want to know kind of what's going to happen with each and, you know, what like is next for each of them. With the exception, interestingly, of Vinny and Frankie. Yeah. Because everything feels pretty good with those guys. I'm waiting for Bobby to have a heart attack. Yeah. You know, (laughs) right? Like. Yeah. But things with Vinny and Frankie. Or for him to get his
1: first paycheck with all of his uh, free drinks for the girl he likes Mm -hmm. taken out of him.
0: Maybe so. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um, but it seems like Vinny and Frankie are, you know, are kind of on course at this point. And yeah. so, unless you're going to throw something into the mix, you know, to kind of throw them off track,
1: right? which like, I mean, Frankie's, always doing, Frankie's doing more and more, uh, you know, muscle work and maybe, maybe he starts thinking about a little skim of his own. I don't know. But he also seems like he's maybe a little busy to be fucking gambling,
0: which was his real problem. Right. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah. you know,
1: yeah. If they if Rudy's
0: keeping him too busy to be out in Queens throwing bets, <laughs> you yeah. know, then it's entirely possible that he's coming yep. around. So
1: All right. <clears throat> All right, man. Let's go watch the finale.
0: Season 1, episode 7 of The Deuce uh, was good stuff. Was good stuff. Teed up well for episode 8
1: this has been the deuce rethread
0: thanks for joining us enjoy the season finale next week we'll be back hope you are
1: too just move on up and don't cry. thank you for listening to the deuce on the DVR podcast network you can check us out at dvrpodcast.com or on twitter at dvrpodcast you can email Mike and Jason at thedeucedvr at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at thedeucedvr.